As the world heads into uncharted territory, business leaders are seeking perspective. The What Now, What Next podcast series features KPMG advisors addressing the issues that are of most concern now and in the near future. Today, I'd like to welcome Vivek Mehta, Nicole Lauer, and Josh Galvin. They'll spend some time talking with us about technology risks and considerations for a virtual workforce during COVID-19. As we begin, would the three of you introduce yourselves to our listeners? Yeah, sure. I'm Vivek Mehta. I'm a partner in our technology risk management practice in KPMG, and I live in New York. Hey, everybody. This is Nicole Lauer. I'm a partner also with KPMG's technology risk management practice, and I'm broadcasting here from my guest bedroom in Baltimore, Maryland, and I've effectively locked the door so that I don't have disruptions from my two young children, and I am appreciative to be part of the conversation today. I think it's a really interesting topic, not one that we probably expected to be talking about just two months ago, but an important one nonetheless. Hello, everyone. My name is Josh Galvan. I'm a partner in KPMG's technology risk management practice like Nicole and Vivek. And I am broadcasting, too, from my home office under severe thunderstorm warning at the moment in Houston, Texas. And I look forward to sharing with you some of my views today on what companies are doing for remote working during COVID-19. Thank you all for being here today. Our goal with this series has been to bring people together and ask them to offer up interesting and unique perspectives that can benefit our listeners. And as you all referenced in working from home, today's topic is an especially important one for organizations because during COVID-19, social distancing has forced more people than ever to work remotely. And as a result, the tech capabilities of a lot of businesses are being stretched to the limit, which in turn increases their exposure to a variety of not only existing technology risks, but some emerging ones as well. So Vivek, perhaps we can start with you. As we begin, can you tell us what you're seeing in the market today as it relates to businesses and to technology risks? First and foremost, the COVID-19 continues to be a human tragedy. And due to the velocity of its impact when it happened about seven weeks ago, it really forced organizations to quickly react for an event that was not planned. In businesses, uh, all sizes, right, small, medium, large, technology and technology risk leaders became the front line. When the pandemics initially broke, the primary areas of focus for the business was and it continues to be to take care of their employees. We have seen that technology leaders and leaders in general were sensitive, they were empathetic, they were flexible to really acknowledge that people were focused not only caring for loved ones and managing kids that were no longer in school, and it really changed not only where the employees were working, but how they were working. The biggest impact that we saw from a tech risk perspective was associated with challenges related to working from home. We saw inadequate working video conferencing capabilities, poor internet connectivity at employees' homes, bandwidth issues. And at this point, technology risk really comes into play because technology risk leaders work hand-in-hand with CIOs, CISOs to ensure that there is an accelerated deployment of remote working and collaboration tools. This was really paramount because that was the primary importance for keeping the workforce productive. Technology risk leaders in the resilience stage really worked hand-in-hand with the business in developing a centralized process 
in deploying these tools, ensuring that there was adequate governance and controls over these deployments. This was really important because the businesses really wanted to have this central process so that each division does not go out and pick their own tools. In the initial stages, we also saw access permissions uh, for certain applications needed to be changed more frequently. We saw some relaxation of some controls, some temporary elevated access that needed to be granted to support unplanned procedures. Another point that we have seen in the resilience stage was an increased threat of cyber attacks. We saw a lot of phishing attacks that a lot of companies started receiving of people or scammers trying to pose as corporate help desk teams, asking workers to share personal information and specific employee credentials. What are some of the other concerns you're seeing? Remote working in general creates additional risk. Employees try to bypass security controls. They tend to email each other passwords. We see an unprecedented VPN usage, and that really complicates security monitoring. In response, technology risk leaders, again, working hand-in-hand with their chief information security officers, should really focus on security operations, especially de-risking the opening of remote access to remote sensitive data or to software development environments. In addition, we've seen that companies need to focus employees on both remote working protocols and threat identification and escalation procedures. Finally, another area that we saw a lot of increase during the resilience stage was companies trying to accelerate their cloud migration strategies and really working with public cloud providers to ramp up their migration efforts. Cloud migration provides the flexibility to manage the current spikes and changing employee and customer needs most rapidly and cost-effectively. The goal for the tech risk leaders and the CIOs was to emerge from this, not having just managed the the crisis, but being stronger because of it. I like that concept, Vivek. Not just managing the crisis, but emerging stronger on the other side. So, Nicole, let's turn to the responses that you're seeing. I would imagine that a lot of tech risk management teams went through an initial reaction phase. And as things are beginning to stabilize, how are they recalibrating? At KPFG, we've actually been talking about the phases of the response. What Vivek was just walking through is really that initial resilience phase and then moving into the recovery phase, which is where we believe we are now and the new reality coming after that. And when we talk about the recovery phase, we think we're there in terms of the characteristics that organizations are exhibiting, not necessarily because of a certain amount of time that has passed, but there's a couple things going on right now that we're seeing broadly. The first is around restoring confidence. Organizations looking to restore confidence to their employees, to their customers, and to the market. The second characteristic of the recovery phase is really about taking those initial learnings and start saying, how do we apply those learnings now as we stabilize and as we think about moving forward as an organization? And lastly, the third characteristic is really around finding operating efficiencies and identifying opportunities and thinking about, how do I now transform? That's true from an organizational perspective. Frankly, it's true from an individual perspective, but also we're seeing it again in some of our interactions with our tech risk clients. Thanks, Nicole. Those are good insights into what recalibrating looks like. I heard you say restoring confidence, applying initial learnings, and operating efficiencies. Can you go into more detail on each of these for our listeners? 
On the first point around confidence and what we're seeing with tech risk teams is pivoting to optimize and secure technology. So Vivek talked about some of those swift actions that were taken during the initial resilience phase. And our view is that in some cases, those actions, while necessary, may have created some controlled deficits for organizations. An example to actually relieve pressure on that corporate VPN in, in the initial resilience phase, some of our clients were looking for alternative solutions, innovative ways to get their employees access to necessary corporate resources, business applications without having them to come in through the VPN, which is the way they've always instructed and directed their remote workers. In some cases, we've seen clients actually open up access to cloud applications, making them available through public internet browsers, through any BYO type of device at home. And and while they were able to stabilize and expand their remote access infrastructure and VPN, and now what we're seeing is tech risk teams, IT audit teams coming back and looking at decisions like that and saying, where do we now need to de-risk? Where do we need to start layering in our existing policies or revert people back to the old way? I think what we are going to see is that once you kind of free things up to the users, the consumers of the technology, they get comfortable with that new way and they put that old way, that VPN way aside, and their demand on how they use the technology remotely is actually going to drive how you think about controls. So in that case, organizations and tech risk teams are going to have to look potentially at other ways of applying control in response to how their consumers, their employees, want to use the technologies. That's a trend. So really looking at how to optimize and secure in this next phase on some of the decisions that you made in the initial phase. Another characteristic I've mentioned of the recovery phase is incorporating learnings from that initial phase. We've talked to our clients about what they're seeing and what some of their experiences are, and we've had a couple clients refer to what they call the reverse business continuity plan and their involvement in helping organization get the workforce back to quote-unquote normal. And what that reverse BCP is referring to is that return to work in a phased risk-managed approach. And what we're seeing is tech risk teams review doing those plans, understanding what the technology implications are to make those plans work, and weighing in as an advisor. Nicole, what might those reverse business continuity plans show when the shelter-in-place orders are lifted? Will there be a return to normal? I think that what we're going to see very broadly across many companies is that that return to work and that new normal is not going to include 100%, 90%, maybe not even 50% of the same workforce going into the office every day. And there's going to probably be a new philosophy around what it means to be back to normal. I think all meetings that we have are going to be virtual in some way. I can tell you prior to all of this, I had many meetings a week where they were all in person, they were live, and we didn't even have people dial in if we were all in the same building. I think we're going to have very few of those types of meetings when we get back. And I think the part of the tech risk team's role is to understand what's the technology look like to enable that new way of working and help roll out new policies, new risk management activities and controls to make sure that we work in that environment safely. Lastly, I mentioned characteristic of the recovery phase is really thinking about that pivoting to transformation and what the value proposition is of your function. We're seeing that with tech risk teams. I think we saw it in that initial resilience phase. A lot of our clients saying we're really stepping back and asking ourselves, how can we pivot from business as usual and make ourselves more valuable to the organization? 
Vivek and Josh and I talk a lot about tech risk programs of the future need to be more value-driven and less compliance-focused. And I think that COVID-19, it is giving organizations the opportunity to rethink their mission, their strategy, how they can add value to the organization and hopefully adopt and roll those principles forward in new operating models in the quote-unquote new reality. That's true for tech risk teams as well. We've seen teams who have, as I said, pulled back on their initial business-as-usual activity and offered their resources with bandwidth to the first line, if you will, to help out and assist in sustaining operations during that resilience phase. I think that we're experiencing tech risk teams finding ways to add value that I think are going to carry forward in the future. Tech risk teams think about value. They're taking the lead on interfacing with regulators and with auditors on behalf of IT, on behalf of the business, and really starting to understand what the expectations are from auditors, helping manage those expectations and provide solutions and areas of relief where they can for the business or in some cases alternative approaches to meeting compliance obligations that may be a little bit different and non-traditional than what they've done in the past. In summary, the recovery phase is all about that quick pivot to stabilize and secure as you mentioned. It's about applying lessons learned to begin transformation. As I said, it's applicable to all of us as individuals, as organizations, and it's something that we're seeing our most strategic and effective clients do as it relates to tech risk as well. Those are excellent points, Nicole. So let's pivot to outcomes and loop Josh in. Josh, can you talk with us through the outcomes you're seeing in this new reality? Well, per my opener, it did rain in Houston today. The storm has now blown through, at least at my house, and I do see sunshine. And so I'll say that as a bit of a metaphor around what might be on the other end of COVID-19. A few rays or more of sunshine, I think, is welcomed by many of us as we have experienced one of the most life-changing, company-changing, career-changing, potentially, scenarios that none of us could ever have dreamed of. And I think as tech risk and control professionals stand to benefit tremendously through the experience we're going through now. So about potential outcomes. The new reality, as we're envisioning it, and still at many steps from fully playing out, relates to a number of key dimensions. And I'll just list a few of those. That includes empowering people in different ways to get the job done in new ways, be agile, be nimble, be collaborative, add value, and create solutions in combination with colleagues and third parties even using new technologies as appropriate in ways we never did before. I think the profession might be known for fairly regimented, teen, and very measured approaches to accomplishing the various workloads within technology risk and controls. And we really are changing now as a result of COVID. Another dimension is around accelerated shift to digital, getting those activities done in new ways, especially working virtually and remotely, requires one to be thinking and acting and operating digitally. And of course, that shifts responsibility and demand to technology departments and companies as well as technology providers to satisfy the needs of the profession now. Third dimension is around change views on human and business interactions. What does it mean to be a team? What does it mean to have a job? And what are the roles and responsibilities that I'm accountable for? And how might that dynamically shift over the course of time, especially in a time like this? Adapting to strategies to a world more comfortable with virtual connectivity as well that plays right off of the last dimension. And thinking about how I can still get my job done, how I still have meaning and purpose, and how I can still build and develop and advance my career through the course of the experience that we're having now. And maintaining that mindset in the future, as we are bound to, all of us, 
experience new challenges that require us to dynamically adjust, whether it's a pandemic or something hopefully less impactful. And ultimately, enhancing risk management. The idea being that right now, out of necessity and obligation due to the the pressures caused by the pandemic, economic factors globally, as well as business operations, thinking about how I define what a risk and measure what a risk truly is and what countermeasures, controls, monitoring, and assurance activities do I need to perform to provide the best possible situation and outcome for the company. So those five dimensions defining what we think the new reality may be for technology risk professionals. A little bit more detail on potential outcomes then that we can see actually starting to pan out now. And some of these are as a result of continuing investments that our clients are making from activities that they had launched pre-COVID. And some of these are ideas that our clients are bouncing around now as they think of ways to solution their way out of the situation, solution their way into a competitive situation as the economy rebounds. So how will companies differentiate themselves to compete in this new reality that you referenced? Evaluate and continue innovations is a natural component of that. As companies and employees have, and service providers have been collaborating through COVID-19, what are the things we should be continuing to maintain? What are the temporary stop gaps we implemented that are throwaway? And what things have we done that not only require maintenance, but actually further investment to further create value or accelerate some cost competitive or efficiency factor in how we manage technology risk, how we collaborate cross-departmentally, how we leverage technology and things of that nature. Another one, obviously, is the continued digitalization of technology risk and control activities across any line of defense or any member of the related ecosystem, so to speak digitalizing around how we detect risk, how we operate and monitor those controls. And these are things that companies for a long time have been very interested in implementing. And not only because of COVID, but definitely reinforced by COVID, are actually taking more seriously around better risk management and better bang for your buck. Another one is around potential redefinition and reconfiguration of the technology risk operating model. Again, not just because of employees, teams working remotely, virtually, and still collaborating and and delivering the right outcomes through COVID-19, but also because, frankly, the operating model in some industries and in some companies can tend to bloat. COVID-19, again, has provided an opportunity to rethink that bloat and where are their excesses, where are their streamlining opportunities, and where are their opportunities to combine, consolidate, or to eliminate where that shouldn't exist. And with the increased digitalization of activities in technology risk and controls, certainly there's an opportunity to shave even further. But how do you do that? I think it starts with reframing the business case for a tech risk program that drives value, not just compliance. Risk and control professionals in technology or other parts of the business, whether it's procurement or it's HR or it's finance, there's compliance components touching all of them and other departments. But the profession and their alignment to the business and fulfilling a role in the business should always be anchored in risk management, but also tuned to the company's risk management tolerance, regulatory requirements, and the opportunity in performing those related activities to deliver value at the same time. This is the notion of don't just tell me what's wrong, but tell me what's wrong and how I might fix it, working collaboratively on those solutions and becoming an advisor and a trusted source of insight, information, and recommendations. Taking better advantage of data and analytics and technology as well. I know I mentioned technology in the context of innovation and automation, 
but none of that technology for innovation and automation's sake is any good unless you've got reliable data. That's a good point about the importance of reliable data, being able to have a single source of truth. What specific role does data play as it relates to technology risk? Certainly around technology-related information, hardware, software, and services, detecting, measuring, reporting risk is fully dependent upon having reliable data to do that. So companies are now and will continue to look at better taking advantage of that data to drive their insights and decisions around technology risk programs end to end. With all the new technologies and changing demands related to risk controls, compliance, or audit, how do you see the role of a technology risk leader changing? A lot of personnel in our clients have gone through a recent, perhaps abrupt change to what they're asked to do, how they're asked to do it, who they work with to get it done. And they might find themselves challenged to learn something new very quickly, a very steep but necessary learning curve, ramping up to a new technology, understanding a legacy technology, collaborating with team members who think differently, apply different frameworks and analytical processes to diagnosing a problem or creating a solution. They might even be called to interact with vendors and third-party suppliers in ways that they've never been asked to do before. But all of that's necessary to understanding and operationalizing a risk management capability that's sufficient, adequate for fulfilling the company's risk management needs and hitting the risk appetite in just the right way. But how do you measure success? How do you measure effectiveness and value as a result of those changes in job responsibilities? How do you then coach, mentor, develop professionals towards new skills targets, new competencies and capabilities as individuals and teams? Then how do you define careers? I think we have the opportunity here as a result of what's going on in COVID to really rethink the career. And I know firsthand for the last several years, I've had a conversation at least once a month, if not more frequently, with many of my clients around just this conundrum. How do I do risk management and control compliance and audit activity in technology or elsewhere and make it interesting? Well, now it's really interesting. It's very dynamic. And it's definitely being called upon by all of our clients to change, to adapt, to evolve to become more digital, and to create value in ways it never has done before, but certainly has the opportunity to and is obligated perhaps to do now. Final couple of comments around this last component that I think captures some of the potential outcomes in the new reality. This is, in essence, revisiting some of the fast, quick, nimble, agile, maybe effective, hopefully effective work that client teams have done and making sure that it was done right, making sure that it dusted up and you perform the necessary housekeeping, that it can be left in place as is, and revisiting some of those decisions that might have been made, as Nicole and Vivek both mentioned earlier as well, around things like access, around technology solutions, around vendor brand make and model selections that have been undertaken, around certain services agreements, even perhaps contractual terms that play in and that are negotiable or renegotiable around the fulfillment of any of the above. But thinking that through, of course, with the new reality in mind, not in a tendency that we tend to have, which is to revert back to the old way of doing things. Perhaps one of the benefits of how long COVID-19 has lasted is that the changes that we've made are most likely going to stick long-term and give you at minimum momentum to continue evolving and getting better. I look forward to that. Thank you, Josh. I'm going to segue into our last question. The three of you have certainly come prepared with strong and actionable insights for our listeners. And to that end, we generally like to close by asking our guests to provide tips. 
I know the three of you are coming off of a virtual peer exchange and a share forum. Perhaps you've got insight into what best practices might look like or how to help ensure business continuity while simultaneously monitoring government guidance. Are there any key skills or lessons, maybe some capabilities you might like to share? I think one tip that I have seen continue to talk to my clients is on cyber awareness and really using this opportunity to really bring in that culture and honing that culture of being proactive in monitoring new threats, whether it's looking at how companies are responding to phishing campaigns or creating a virtual war room that allows you to log on to one site or one site within your internet that allows every company to get all information related to COVID-19. I think the goal behind some of these campaigns is to make sure that everyone is in unison, is thinking unilaterally in terms of they have one source to go to if they have any questions. They're not going out and trying to figure out their own responses. Another tip that I would give is use this time to upscale your employees, whether it's learning new tools and new softwares. I had a client that told me the other day that they're looking at this as a way of changing their hiring patterns and the job descriptions coming out of this for technology risk leaders. So not only are they looking for skills in specific technology and risk domains, but they want their employees to understand the powers and benefits. Use this time to really continue to upscale and have that constant dialogue with your peers on what they're doing to combat this threat. My advice, I would suggest leaders of tech risk, IT compliance, IT audit teams, is really recalibrate kind of early in the discussion. And I think finding ways to recalibrate their view of risk and start to develop a point of view that they can share with stakeholders to help inform them of what they should be concerned about and how the organization is responding, I think is really important. I think what we're seeing with a lot of our clients and the leaders of these functions are being looked to as that source of information. We're working with clients to help them quickly reassess risk, reach out to function owners, to business owners, to the organization to understand what are they experiencing that may not be visible from where the rest of us are sitting, which is at home in our guest rooms at at our work from home office. But this is unprecedented. I think that goes without saying. Most of my clients have looked at their disaster recovery programs, their BCP plans with KPMG teams many times over the years. And the scenario of a global pandemic that would have this level of disruption to every organization around the world and their customers and their suppliers alike. It was not high on the likelihood scale in a lot of corporations, business continuity planning or crisis planning. There's no predefined plan for this. So reaching out, understanding what the organization's experiencing and helping to drive resolution and outcomes, I think is one tip. And with that mentioned, reaching out to your third parties, your technology service providers, understanding how they're navigating this, what issues are they experiencing, how does that impact you, how does that impact your organization's ability to be resilient in these next two phases, I think is really important. And lastly, reach out to your peers. I mentioned we're hosting peer group share forums really with the idea of letting leaders in similar positions share their experiences and then learn from others. I think all of that's really important from a community perspective to help navigate this going forward. 
Josh, we haven't heard from you yet on this one. Any closing points that you'd like to make? I think it's summarized up into one critical item, especially as I think about the new reality, which is we've just gone through a protracted period of time and may continue to experience a period of time that really challenges us to innovate and creatively solution in a community or collaboration-minded way. We're all being challenged to work together on new issues and come up with solutions that work, maybe some solutions that stick, and definitely we'll be facing the opportunity to consider that and whether we continue to maintain those or pivot later. And I think that situation has presented the opportunity for us to continue operating that way in the new reality. Whereas many in the profession and those who are stakeholders or customers of the profession, again, around technology, risk controls, compliance, or audit, may view it as an overly traditional, overly regimented, rules-based activity, I think what we've just experienced and the opportunities we've had to participate in new ways and add new value to our clients and to our companies challenges us to continue doing that in the new reality and be a part of business performance and business value in the future. And that's what gets me the most excited, the light at the end of the tunnel. Vivek, you did a wonderful job painting a picture of the change that has occurred from where employees are working to how they're working now, and how tech risk leaders are working with CIOs to ensure that workforces are able to stay productive. Nicole, I appreciated the perspective you gave about restoring confidence, applying learnings, and transforming through operational efficiencies as we look toward recovery. And Josh, thinking of what the future holds and empowering people in this new season, being agile and collaborative, seeking solutions in never-before-seen ways, all of these things have enriched our conversation, and I'm so thankful that you've joined us today. And to our listeners, thank you as well. We'll look forward to bringing you other insights from our KPMG advisors in the next edition of What Now? What Next? And in the meantime, you can check out the other podcasts in our series at visit.kpmg.us slash COVID-19. Have a great day.